going back to the book of Revelation. You know, we started way back when uh, going through Revelation. We've been going through chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And uh, it's been a long haul. But you know what? We only have about three more chapters. I think there's 22, 23 chapters in Revelation. Amen. So uh, we don't have far to go. We'll be soon done. Uh, we're going to finish up chapter 18 on tonight, and then we're going to go into chapter 19, and that is the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know we all been waiting on that. Amen. When he shall crack the sky and say, come, my people, come. Amen. So it's getting exciting, and I want to, uh, to let us... Uh, look to the Lord as never before. The Lord is soon to come. Amen. And certainly uh, what we have covered in Revelation, it, it ought to jump off the page at you. My God, when we they ask uh, Jesus, when shall these things be? The sign of thy coming and the end of the world. What did he see, say? See that no man deceive you. I was just looking at the news, uh, Joe Scarborough, he was talking about how the uh, even the evangelicals in his church, how they were separated uh, for years. They have been believing this lie, believing this lie. And even he, the, the news commentator was saying, you know, some of my evangelical friends ought to read the scriptures and said, many false prophets will come. My God, false prophets will come and deceive many. And, you know, we ought to see uh, when we talk about this last empire that's being uh, uh, brought to an end. Amen. We ought to see the formation of it now. People have an appetite for lies. They have an appetite for deception. Uh, they don't care nothing about being the truth. They, you know, they they have an appetite for a a, a one uh, world government, uh, a, a supreme leader. They don't care how he treat or if he shares the truth or he. And they're willing to go to war and kill folk. Over a lie. I don't care how much you tell them, you know, none of this has been proven. It's gone to court after court. There is no uh, mass voter fraud uh, in existence. Uh, even those of their own party denounce it and say it's not true. Remember somebody, you have been lied to. President Trump did not win this election. But just because of one man said, and that goes way back to even when the children were in Egypt. And that's why God said, uh, I'm going to let Pharaoh know the children. That's all they knew was Pharaoh. It wasn't raining outside until Pharaoh said it was Now It may have been a, a bright sunny day, but if Pharaoh said it was raining, it was raining. That's all they knew. But what did God do? He came and delivered us. My God. Uh, but people are going, they're being deceived. Their minds are being controlled. Uh, they have no, they don't need facts anymore. 
Uh, we're living in a time of alternate facts, um, alternate truths. I have my truth and you can have your truth. Okay, well, somebody, my God. And, and, you know, I often talked about how people, they can't look at a set of facts and discern truth. They can't even look at facts and come away with truth. Why? Because their minds are deceived. And what we're reading in Revelation ought to be jumping off the page. It ought to be um, uh, that final world empire is being formed right now. And where we are in Revelation, God is bringing it to an end. Amen. Because that Antichrist that comes but for to conquer and to conquering, conquering and to conquer, God is going to give him the leeway. He's going to let him. Uh, build this uh, final empire. And when God gets done, when God gets through, he's going to bring it to an end. And that's what we're reading. Uh, this false church, amen, or the false prophet, uh, the woman that's riding upon the beast. It's a two part. Uh, you have the church. The woman is represents the church, the false prophet, the false church. And then we have the beast, which is the government. Uh, the beast upon which she ride is the unity of nations, the government. Remember, there was a tower and then they built a city and a tower. We go back to uh, Genesis, the 11th chapter. They built a city and a tower. Now, the tower was to go to heaven. Come on, somebody. That was the religious piece, but they built the city. All right, we've been dealing with in uh, chapter uh, 17, the woman, which was the religious piece. And interestingly enough, it was destroyed by the beast, which she's riding on. The business end of things. Amen. Do you see the correlation? So what started way back in Genesis, the original Babylon, and we've shown that beast that has the seven heads, you all remember it. We shared that. Uh, go back to the previous Bible class. There's too much information for me to go back and recap all of that. Uh, but we had uh, Babylon. We had Assyria. We, um, I'm sorry. We had Egypt. We had uh, Assyria. We had Babylon. We had the Persian Empire. We had the Grecian Empire. Alexander the Great. We have the Roman Empire. And then we're working on the Roman Empire revived. Come on, somebody. And I showed all of the slides, talk about the eighth king, but he was part of the seven. That's the revived Roman Empire. All of those things I've shared with you on charts. Go back, go back and read them because this last empire is being built right now. And uh, the modern day and time in which we live but when we're reading here in Revelation, God is bringing it to an end. All of that that started way back then, sin was introduced into the art, into the uh, garden. Amen. Sin is being destroyed. Ser uh, 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 serpent, the Satan that was in the Garden of Eden, he's being destroyed. My God, way back in um, Genesis, the eleventh um, chapter. Babylon, that's why it's called Great Babylon now. 
It started way back then, but Great Babylon now is being destroyed. Two parts. Amen. We've dealt with the first part, and I would encourage you to go back and catch up and uh, where we are uh, today. Uh, but we're going to finish up in chapter uh, 18 on tonight. That is my uh, plan. And then we are going to uh, get into chapter 19. Uh, because that's when the Lord is coming back. And guess what? He's coming back with his bride. My God. And guess who the bride of Christ is? That's the church. That's the church. Amen. So we got to get ready. Got to get ready for the Lord. He is soon to come. All right. We're going to pick it up here and let's read a couple verses in Revelation uh, the 18th chapter. He said, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power and the earth lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen in, and is become the habitation of devils and all of, uh, and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and all the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Oh my God. So this business in uh, the unity of nations, that have come against the people of Israel, God is bringing it to an end. And this is that final Babylon, the Antichrist, uh, the one that's gonna come, that's gonna have all the answers, amen, going to a one world government, one currency, one economic system, one uh, supreme leader, uh, one healthcare, all of these things. Uh, he's going to go and have the answer for peace and for world hunger. Amen. Uh, and he is going to build that temple. Amen. God is going to let, allow him to build that temple. This is man's final attempt uh, to do anything without God. Uh, that's what Babylon is. That's, that's man's attempt to do anything. Without God, it is doomed. God is bringing it to an end. And as a matter of fact, he's going to have great success because God is going to allow him to a certain point. But God then is going to bring it to an end. And like I say, um, if you haven't uh, got to the begin, back to the beginning of chapter 18, go back to that. I believe it's uh, part 30 of Revelation, and I, I do a lot of explaining. I share the charts. I share the scriptures. Amen. This is the final Babylon that's being built, uh, that was built, is now being destroyed. God is bringing it to an end. All right, let's pick up where we left off. All right, we're going to go down to um, verse 11. Verse 11 of Revelation 18, and we're going to read all the way through uh, verse 20. Look, it says, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, 
for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. For the merchants of gold and of silver and precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all of thine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of the most precious wood and of brass and of iron and of marble and of cinnamon and of odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep, horses, chariots, slaves, souls of men, my God, and the fruits uh, that uh, thine soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all the things which were dainty are goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, At last, at last, that great city uh, that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, At last, at last. Uh, that great city wherein were made rich uh, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. My God, uh, this church... Uh, the Bible said she's living deliciously. Come on, somebody. Uh, when we look at, we talked about uh, the city of seven hills upon which the church sits. Uh, we talked about all of those uh, colors of scarlet and purple. Amen. All of her fine linen, all of those uh, stones, diamonds, and pearls, and onyx, all of those fine uh, stones and precious rubies, amen, that is uh, in uh, the church, amen. Uh, I have not been to Vatican City, uh, but I have been told that uh, there is a, uh, there are many portraits that sit on the wall and, you know, they're not great big uh, portraits, you know, just your average size uh, portrait. Uh, the average cost is about a million dollars. Oh, She's living deliciously. The church is doing fine and well. Um, and uh, matter of fact, it all survives off of an economy. Uh, there's an economic uh, increase to do business uh, with the Catholic church because it is so huge. It is so vast. 
there's uh, much money involved uh, in the upkeep of uh, the church. This is, remember, we're dealing with the business end of it now. This is, uh, show me the money, follow the money. Come on, somebody. This, this is where it gets down to the nitty gritty. Um, it says, and, and the merchants, I'm going back to verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. Can you imagine those merchants uh, that supply uh, the Catholic Church, and as a matter of fact, if you just think about uh, church as a whole, there are uh, certain companies that you know sell oils for anointing. Uh, I have one of the uh, sacraments. You know, this is exclusively uh, sold to churches. Um, uh, sound equipment, video equipment. Uh, these merchants are getting rich. Uh, selling just the church, bapt baptistries, uh, uh, baptismal clothes, and those uh, robes for the priesthood, and all of those things. It's millions and millions and millions of dollars in that industry. But now we're just talking about the business end of the Catholic Church. When God brings it to naught, look what it says. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. Why? Because the church is not buying our stuff no more. We can't sell to the church no more. My God, she's being destroyed. You know, just uh, your, um, I, I was starting to do a little research and I haven't finished it. And I don't even know if I will, but I was just looking at, you know, some of the things concerning the Pope. You know, the uh, the thousands of dollars that's in the crucifix, the pearls that are in his vesture and uh, his robe. Uh, I did a little research on the Pope Mobile and I was sharing with my son, Avery, you would think you would think that's just a little uh, golf cart. No, that ain't that ain't no just no little golf cart. Uh, that golf cart is made by Mercedes Benz. Uh, that plexiglass on that golf cart, uh, that is um, bulletproof plexiglass. Um, it has a Mercedes built special made engine in it. It's a V8. It will go from one uh, mile an hour to 60 miles an hour in six seconds. It has a top speed of, uh, I think it was 180 miles an hour. And the cost of it is about $300,000. I'm talking about just the Pope Mobile. <laughs> My God, and people get mad at me because I drive an Escalade. <laughs> Go on, mess with the Pope and leave me alone. My God. Uh, the, the merchants, Mercedes Benz is going to say, My God, we can't, we can't. That's just one Pope Mobile, he has multiple. $300,000, just the Pope mobile. So when God lay this church desolate and cut her down, the merchants of the earth, Mercedes Benz is going to be saying, oh, my goodness, we, we, we can't sell no more Pope mobile. She's being destroyed. They're going to cry. No, why? For no man buyeth 
uh, their merchandise anymore. What is the, that merchandise? He said the merchandise of gold and of silver, precious stones, pearls. Now we're reading a shopping list uh, of things that the Catholic Church buy on a regular basis. Now when they make uh, new uh, priests, uh, uh, they all have crucifixes that are encrusted with uh, fine pearls and diamonds and, and all precious stones. All uh, they're encased in gold. The chains are gold. All of that is big money. Big money. All right. Fine linen and purple and silk. And scarlet, there's those colors. We I shared with you those slides of those new um, uh, priests that were being dedicated and the colors that they wore. Uh, of fine wood, fine wood, all manner of vessels of ivory, all manner of vessels of the most precious wood and of brass, iron, marble, cinnamon. Come on, somebody. Odors and ointments, frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and um, beasts and sheep and horses and chariots, slaves and souls of men, my God, and the fruits of thy soul lusted uh, after uh, our departed, are lusted after our departed from you. All of that stuff. Uh, that you have lived deliciously upon. Remember, uh, Babylon said, I'll never be a widow. I'll never suffer loss. And uh, we read that not only in uh, Revelation, but we read it in Isaiah, it said it for verbatim. Uh, Isaiah prophesied about the doom, get out of Babylon, uh, and said, I'll never be a widow. Uh, what does that mean? Jesus, whenever he wanted to use an example, he would always use a widow. All right, uh, uh, we can we can think of some Ruth. Uh, we can think of the uh, widow that came before the unjust judge. Amen. We can think of Naomi. Amen. Uh, you know he always would point to a widow. Amen. Uh, and uh, Babylon say, "I will never be a widow. I will never suffer loss." My God, God will never use me. Come on, somebody. I'm sufficient, and that's what we're reading here. Uh, this church, this false church is saying, I'm sufficient of myself. I don't need God. That's the definition of Babylon. Man's attempt to do anything and reach to heaven. That was, the, that was uh, God said, you'll never reach heaven without me. Let us build us a tower to make a name for ourselves. Come on, somebody. That original Babylon, this is the same Babylon. And it's saying we have all of this and we don't need God. All right. Look what it says. And the fruit that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all these things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee. And thou shalt find them no more at all. God is saying, I'm cutting you off. You're doomed. And when we see that um, in this particular uh, 18th chapter of Revelation, we see at last, at last, 
that can be substituted. Woe, woe. Um, uh, God said, when he says woe, it's serious. When he says woe, woe, it's very serious. Uh, that means you're doomed. Come on, somebody. My God, woe unto them through whom offenses come. That's a dangerous position to be in. But when we see woe, woe, woe unto you, Chorazin, uh, Bethsaida, uh, those places don't exist anymore. When God says woe, woe, they don't exist anymore. And we see that being used at last, at last. Doom, her doom, her ruin is come. God is not going to change his mind. This is the final end to the final Babylon. My God, God is bringing it to an end. All of these goodly things are departed from thee. Thou shalt find them no more at all. Look at the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. All of these things, the suppliers, Come on, somebody, to this uh, false church is going to weep and wail. All of our livelihood now is gone. The money that we used to make. My goodness, if, if you think about uh, all of the gold, the ornate things of um, uh, St. Peter's uh, Basilica uh, that's in Vatican City, that, that they have to have a serious supplier. <laughs> For all of that riches that go into the, you know, an art supply to supply art and those uh, uh, frames that the artwork go into that are made of ornate gold and all kinds of precious silver. Uh, she has all of that. She's living deliciously. Go back and read uh, chapter 18. <laughs> My God, God said, your final ruin is coming and even your merchants they're going to cry and they're going to weep because their livelihood is gone. All right. Saying here it is again, at last, at last, that great city uh, that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls for in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. In one hour, just, you know, it don't take God long to do anything. Come on, somebody. My God, one of the uh, worst things individuals can uh, think is, you know, I don't need God. I can do it on my own. We don't need uh, gold that's been tried in the fire. We got our own gold. Come on, somebody. We don't need your silver. We got our own silver. I'll never be a widow. I will never suffer need. I'm self-sufficient. I don't need God. <laughs> That's the very definition of Babylon, trying to achieve anything without God. I don't care whether it's an educational system, a healthcare system, uh, your, uh, your finances, your marriage. Come on, somebody. My God. Somebody said, I can do all things through Christ. Come on, somebody. And without him, I'm as a ship without a sail. 
just sailing, drifting, never able to make my mark. Come on, somebody. Because without him, nothing is possible. One hour, your uh, your uh, great riches is come to naught. And look at this. Every shipmaster, things that arrive by the sea, and all the company of ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea. My God, how much stuff we got coming from uh, China nowadays, being imported. Uh, stood afar off. What did they do? And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like unto this great city? I cannot believe this is happening. This doom is coming to this great city. I mean, Vatican City is sovereign. Don't have to answer to nobody and not even God. Come on, somebody. What city is like unto this city? And we can't believe it. It's coming to an end. Come on, somebody. And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, At last, at last, that great city wherein were, uh, wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. Somebody had to supply all of those uh, incense and pearls and gold and silver and linen and silk and scarlet. Somebody had to be the supplier of all of that. My God. And they were made rich as well. Come on, somebody. All right. At last, at last, that great city wherein we were made rich and all of the ships in the sea by reason of their of her costliness, for in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, who thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. My God. We talked about how uh, the Catholic Church has martyred millions of Christians. Uh, as a matter of fact, we can go back to chapter six uh, in the opening of that um, fifth seal. Those that cried up under the altar, when will you avenge our blood? We see you avenging the blood of others. When will our blood be avenged? And the Bible said, and white robes were given unto them and told them, just hold on a minute. Others are going to have to die. And that was in the time of the tribulation period. Those that will starve to death, those that will not take the mark of the beast, they will not participate in this final uh, Babylon. They're going to die and they're going to join in with them. Come on, somebody. My God. But God is telling us to them to rejoice uh, over her, thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her that time now way back when in chapter six on opening of the fifth seal when they were wondering when their blood was going to be avenged well here it is god is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent if he said it he's going to do it <laughs> if he promised it he will bring it to pass i know we have that scripture 
Um, I'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemy. Now listen, when somebody's doing you wrong and you're a child of God, you need to start praying by faith. You need to start praying for them. Because if they don't pay for what they do to you, there's not a God in heaven. You know somebody? That's why we don't have to fight our battles. We can let God do the fighting for us. We can take him at his word and we'll get to it. He said, if you offend the least of my little ones, my God, there's a great price to pay. Amen. So the whole economic system of the Catholic church is going to come to a screeching halt. It's, it, and it all runs. It all runs on an economic system. As they say, follow the money. Uh, Babylon has killed a multiple of apostles, uh, prophets, come on somebody, of which now are those individuals that are now uh, even in heaven. Come on somebody, God is saying, I'm even going to avenge uh, your blood on her. Amen, they're going to be held accountable. God is going to judge, amen, he has the final say, my God, and each and every one of us, amen, God is a man of his word, he knows, uh, you may not see it, you may not ever, you know a lot of times when we say, uh, I'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemy, you want to see that come to pass, you may not ever see it. Come on, somebody. But you got to know God will bring it to pass. He is a fierce defender of his dear children. My God. And certainly we're seeing that happen coming to pass right now. Uh, the Bible talks about the kings of the earth have committed a fornication. They have committed adultery. Another um, version uh, of the Bible says, have committed adultery. Amen. You can't commit adultery or get into fornication unless you're in a forbidden relationship. She claims to be the bride of Christ, but she is a whore. Come on, somebody. Not the real thing. She performs miracles. Come on, somebody. My God. So this is the time that we need when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. There's so many false prophets out, so many false churches, so many false beliefs, so many heresies being taught. It's good to know the voice of God. A stranger, they will not follow. Come on, somebody. My sheep. I lead them out. He don't drive us like cattle. He leads us out. And there, that's a big difference. Because when it starts raining, it rains on him before it rains on you. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil. Why? He's leading me. Come on, somebody. It may have caught me by surprise, but it didn't catch my Lord and Savior, by surprise, because he's leading me. And the Bible says he'll place nothing on me that I cannot bear. So he has a whole lot of confidence. All right. 
So what are these items? What is this merchandise that's being mentioned here? Um, they all have an obscure meaning. Um, they're actual ingredients, uh, merchandise that the church uses. Amen. Now, I want to remind you, um, remember, uh, this is the false church. Uh, it's known as the false prophet. Yes, she has all of these things, but they are what? Fake. If she's false, everything she has is fake. All the relationships that she have is fake. Her love is fake. Come on, somebody. Any relationship that she gets into is fake. It's false. It's not the real thing. All right, let's 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 go over uh, some of these things that we see uh, being resembled here. <clears throat> uh, gold is always a re uh, a resemblance of righteousness. We find gold in the temple. Uh, the candelabra is made of gold. All, all the things are made of precious gold. You see that uh, in the Vatican City. Uh, only the righteous uh, could enter in. Everything in the temple was gold. All right? So that represented the righteousness of God. Silver means salvation or redemption. All right? Uh, when you redeemed anything, you would redeem it with silver. Uh, Jesus was sold for silver. Joseph was sold for silver. Uh, that was the redemption price was paid in silver. Uh, Jose, when he went back and bought Gomer, he bought her for 15 shekels of what? Silver. Silver was uh, redemption, means salvation. Precious stones, all right? Uh, the uh, holy city was covered in precious stones, sapphires, rubies, all right, were on the high priest. Um, it was, uh, its meaning is something that is uh, seen as precious to God. So the priest would have all of these precious stones encrusted in his priestly garment, the, the, uh, the crucifixes would have all of these precious stones encrusted in them and encased in gold as meaning as uh, its meaning being something that is precious uh, to God. All right. Uh, the pearls represented those uh, pearly gates, the heavenly gates. All right. So, you know, what do all of these things mean when we look at them? Um, uh, Babylon says, I have all of these things. But as I said before, they're not the real thing. They are fake. What does God say? Uh, Babylon says, you know, anything the, the uh, child of God says, well, I have this. Babylon says, oh, yeah, we got that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> uh, God said, uh, I, I um, counsel thee to buy of me gold. Buy of me gold gold that's been tried in the fire. You say you're rich and increased with goods, but you don't even know that you're naked. Babylon said, well, we have our gold. We don't need your gold. But God said, you have to buy gold that's been tried, buy gold of me that has been tried in the fire. All right. So Babylon said, we are rich. We increased with goods. Come on, somebody. 
and we have no need of God. We don't, we don't need God's gold. We have our own gold. That's what Babylon does. It's an imitation. It's not the real thing. It's a false church. Come on, somebody. It's a false prophet. It's not the real thing. All right, so gold was the righteousness, represented the righteousness. The temple was uh, full of it. They said we have our own gold. We don't need God's gold. All right, we have no need of righteousness because we have our righteousness. Come on, somebody. And what did Jesus say? Your righteousness is as of what? Filthy rags. Babylon says, no, we, we got our own goal. We, you know, you know, when they were banging on uh, Lot's door, give us those men. Isn't it funny how the, the, the saints, the church, is always uh, the one, you know, we're the bad person because we don't agree with their righteousness. We don't ad adopt their views. I know somebody, you're discriminatory because you don't clap and applaud them when uh, two men get married, you know, and and you know you're you know you're the one that's being discriminatory. You're the bad one. Uh, but when they were banging on Lot's door, listen, I'm not banging on your door. You're banging on my door. Come on, somebody. It's always the church fault that you know we can't do. You know, I know you have your view of marriage, but we have our own view of marriage. And we don't want to go back to Lot. You know, all of those men were married, but they were doing their own uh, women that were married and had not seen a man, hadn't been with a man. What kind of marriage is that? Who were they marrying? Well, we have our view of marriage and shame on you because you don't see our or adopt our view of marriage. We don't need God's righteousness. We have our own righteousness. All right. Silver. Uh, we don't have no need to be saved. You know, the false church say you're saved already. One of the um, favorite things is come as you are. <laughs> come on, somebody. We don't need to be redeemed of God. We redeem. Our, we justify ourselves. We redeem ourselves. Come as you are is talking to the sinner and then let God, come on somebody, change you and make you and mold you what he would have you to be. Come on somebody, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and not in my own sight. And that's what they're saying. We, we, we don't need the redemption of God. We can redeem and, and justify our own selves. Come on, somebody. My God, I'm reminded of uh, Ron Reagan, the famous atheist. Uh, he said, um, on my way to hell, and um, and he's proud of it, not afraid of burning. I'm Ron Reagan, not afraid of burning in hell. I don't have no need to be saved by your God. 
I justify myself. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Come on, somebody. My God. Won't even come to the acknowledge that you're guilty and you're in need of saving, in need of redemption. I don't need God's redemption. I'm Ron Reagan, not afraid of burning in hell. Lord have mercy. Pearls, uh, indicative of the pearly gates to get into heaven. Well, we don't need the pearly gates. We have our own pearls. And there's many ways of getting into heaven. You have your way of getting into heaven. We have our own way of getting into heaven. You all seeing the significance of this now? She has all of these things. Uh, she has uh, all of the, the array, the, the fine linen and the pearls and the stones and the gold and the silver, but it's all fake. She's the false church. She's the false prophet. She has her own way of getting into heaven. I don't have to get into heaven your way. All of that stuff you're talking about, be baptized in Jesus' name and being filled up with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and, and Jesus, the only name given under heaven among men by, whereby we must be saved. We don't need that. Remember somebody, we have our own pearls. We'll make our own gates. There's multiple ways of getting into heaven. All right? Uh, we, uh, I've had the privilege of going into um, a Catholic um, funeral uh, one time, and um, it'll catch you by surprise if you're not um, aware of what's going to happen at this funeral. Uh, but they gave communion at the funeral, and um, they have a chant. Uh, most of the chat, the response uh, in the audience, Holy Mary, Mother of Jesus, uh, the, the priest will say something and then they will respond, Holy Mary, Mother of Jesus. And the first time it happened, I kind of looked, I, I, I thought the lady uh, was saying something to me, but I, I finally caught on. Uh, they got a chant, Holy Mary, Mother of Jesus, you know, absolve us our sins. And, and the, the priest he prays you into purgatory. Mm. He takes the wine and he drinks your sins. He takes the incense. Anybody ever been to a Catholic funeral? <laughs> and he uh, goes around the, the casket. Oh my God. We don't need your way of getting in. We have our own way of getting into heaven. How can a priest drink my sins away? <laughs> what could wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What could make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. Is that flow? Oh, my God. Somebody ought to be shouting about now. <laughs> my God. Uh, so we don't have need uh, linen. The priests all wore the fine linen. Uh, um, and certainly uh, they have 
uh, appointed their own priests. And we certainly uh, see and know um, what has become as a matter of, of the Catholic priests nowadays. Now, every church has its faults, and, and we're not just picking uh, on the Catholic church, uh, but certainly uh, this is the one that we're ident as is identified here in Revelation. There's no question. All of the early uh, studiers, framers of the gospel, I'm, I'm talking to going all the way back to uh, Tyndale and John Wycliffe and, and, and Martin Luther, they all know this points to the Catholic Church. And just so it won't be the first time you hear it, uh, when this is presented uh, to the Catholic Church, well, they say, well, the, the city of, of Seven Hills could be Mecca and the church could be um, Islam. You know, it's got, it's in all nations, in all tongues, in all kinds of people, in all over the world. Uh, but listen, <laughs> they didn't start out as a, a, an apostolic holiness, oneness church. The Catholic church did. Who was the first pope? Peter. He said, what? Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, they said, uh, you know, Pope Peter, he, he, you know, preached his day, but Pope John, when he came on later, he, he had a better understanding. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It started out as a oneness. Uh, apostolic church. My God. Uh, and then there's others, just so it won't be the first time you hear it, talks about Chrislam. Uh, that is a combination of Christianity and Islam. Come on, somebody. Um, uh, Chrislam. Uh, remember now, we had the lamb with the two horns. Now, Jesus is always the lamb with the seven horns. But this false church was the lamb with the two horns. It, it brings two major uh, religious groups together. All right. Now, we believe that to be the, the uh, Roman Catholic and the Orthodox uh, Catholic. Um, but some people say it could be a combination between uh, uh, Christian and, and Muslim. Just so you don't, uh, if you hear that, it won't be the first time that you heard it. Uh, because when you see, you see, the truth hurts. The truth hurts. When you see yourself and it's being described right here in the Bible, you always want to cast blame on something else. My God. Uh, but we believe that to be the two parts of the Catholic Church. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church and then those Protestants, those that are pro protesting uh, Catholics. All right, so the fine linen, we pick our own priests. There's just a case right here in uh, Oakland uh, University uh, where the priest is guilty of sexual sin. Come on, somebody. We know all of the problems uh, that the priests have had. Uh, we talk about how um, having their conscience seared, you know, they, they start preaching 
uh, false things unto you. Just because your conscience is seared about something doesn't mean it's God's word. You know, commanding that a priest remains celibate. Um, the Bible said it's not good for a man to be alone. And those things that God has, has designed for a man, those uh, natural urges and things that he have need of when they're not being fulfilled, guess what? They get fulfilled some other way. My God, and there's countless stories of the priests not being able to fulfill their duty uh, because they're still in this flesh. And they have fleshly desires. And when they can't have the creature comforts of a woman, it comes out in some other form, some other way. All right, purple uh, represents kings. And we saw the purple. Uh, I showed slides of the purple, uh, the scarlet. Uh, those are all major colors, color schemes that are in the Vatican. Purple, scarlet, those represent uh, the, the, um, colors of Kings, the scarlet more representing, uh, the true color of blood. Those individuals that are willing to give their life, uh, for, uh, the church and for the Pope. So all of these things have a religious meaning. All right. The cloth, uh, what they use to build the tabernacle, the woods, the precious uh, woods that they used to build the temples. Uh, ivory uh, was a picture of the palace of God. Uh, it is said in uh, Psalms that he was the one from the uh, a palace adorned with ivory. We also saw that uh, in Solomon. Uh, he built a throne. You all remember his throne was made of ivory. Hadn't been none uh, built since and none after. All right, so the ivory was the uh, picture of the palace of God. Bronze, a picture of the altar. All right. Uh, iron was a picture of strength. We don't need God for strength. We have our own strength. Come on, somebody. Uh, going back to when she said, I'll never be a widow. I'll never suffer loss. I don't need the strength of God. Babylon thinks its strength uh, lies within itself. When a true Christian know that we are weak and he is strong. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. We have marble was the picture of the pillars. Babylon props itself up. It don't need to be propped up by any other uh, person, any other government, any other authority. It has its own. Um, the marble, we hit the marble, uh, the spices were the spices that were used for the incense, amen, incense were burned, amen, uh, that would go up before God and represented the prayer of the saints. Oh, you know, I got a, um, I got a, um, a document from, uh, Bishop Herman. I was in his office one time and, uh, he was telling me that he had, uh, CDs on the uh, Beatitudes, and he had this particular thing. He had this. Uh, he was asking me, "Well, what do you, uh, what do you want?" I said, "I want all of it." 
Uh, he, he said, you want everything? I said, yeah, I want everything. Everything you got, I, I want it. I, just a sponge. Uh, I, I have a, um, um, a document he put together of the uh, things of the true temple and their meaning. And it's dated way back when he was a district elder. as a district elder, uh, Harry Herman. <laughs> so I'll have to dig that uh, paper out and, and share that with you and provide it. Uh, those in, individuals that want uh, a copy uh, of my research in this. Okay. A marble was a picture of the pillars. Babylon props its own self up. The spices were a picture of incense. Uh, wine was for atonement. We don't need the blood of Jesus Christ. We got our own wine. Come on, somebody. We just went through the Passover. What did the wine represent? This was the blood that was shed for you. Well, we don't need that wine. We atone for ourselves. Come on, somebody. My God. We justify ourselves. The oil for anointing, we don't, we don't need uh, God's oil. We have our own means of, of anointing ourselves and enchantments and, and ways of reaching the dead and, and having our uh, seances. Uh, we don't need the anointing oil of Christ. We have our own. All right. We have powers to contact spirits. Come on, somebody. Uh, the bread of fellowship. We don't need to go to church no more. Come on, somebody. When the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some are, but exhorting one another even the more. Come on, somebody. And then it goes on in Hebrews 10, 27. Uh, when we know this and don't do it, it becomes a willful sin. And he said, there remaineth more, no more sacrifice of sin. You walked right out of your blood covering. So the bread uh, represented the bread of fellowship. We don't need, we don't have to go to church no more. We go to God all by ourselves. We don't need fellowship. The animals were a sign of accumulated blessing. Chariots represented power. Come on, somebody. Uh, we don't need uh, no protection, no power. From God, we have our we have our own might. We have our own uh, power. Uh, what does Psalms twenty and seven says? Some men trust in chariots, and some in horses. But we will remember what the name of our God. My God. So the chariots represented power. Uh, slaves represented wealth. Amen. So Babylon claims to have anything that the, the average Christian says that it has. The true church. Oh, we got that. <laughs> yeah, well, they got gold. They got silver. But it's not real. It's fake. It's false. All right. So the church says, we have this. They say, well, we have that too. All right. He said, I... Uh, counsel thee to buy of me gold. That's a, we don't need to buy your gold. We have our own gold. Amen.
The only thing that is real comes from Jesus Christ himself. All other ground is sinking sand. My God. So all of these things, they play a significant role in the, in the merchants that supply all of the oil, all of the incense, and all of the things that are needed uh, to keep the Vatican. It's, it's built on an economic system. Uh, all of this money that flows in and out. Uh, and if you read it, it's talking about uh, how she has lived deliciously. Uh, those that have profited from uh, the merchants that would sell to her, they have lived deliciously. Uh, they have made all of this money, but they cry and weep because now it's all coming to naught. How are we going to make, can you imagine just being a jeweler for the Vatican and all of those <laughs> precious pearls and onyx and stones and, and, and that are in the priests, uh, the priests, priestly garment, all of those pearls and diamonds that are encrusted in those uh, crucifix, the cross, and all of the, uh, the popes, all of the bishops, all of the priests, the chains, the rings. My God. Money, money, money. But they wept and they cried for an hour has now come. And just in one hour, God brought it all to naught. All right, Revelation 18 down through 21 through 24. We're going to finish this up. We're going to finish this up because the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. My God. And guess what? He's bringing his bride with him. We find that when we go over into chapter 19. And as I say, um, we only have a few more chapters. We only have a few more chapters. There are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. Uh, so if we're 19, uh, 20, 21, and 22, uh, we don't have much. Uh, but it's getting interesting. It's getting interesting because we're preparing ourselves we're preparing ourselves for um, uh, the wedding. There's going to be a wedding. Now, you all know we are the what? Bride. We are the true bride of Christ. We're, we're dealing with the harlot right now, the fake church, the false church. And if you look at Revelation 19, it says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. My God. John gets done describing things that is going on with this final empire. But guess what? Where, where we are. We're in heaven. The saints are not going through the tribulation period. My God. And, and we're going to go over that scripture when he snatches the church up. Uh, in Revelation, the fourth chapter, and John starts writing of the things that he's seen up in heaven. Well, when he snatches us up, that's us. We're the bride of, of Christ. And while all of this is going on on earth, 
We're preparing ourselves for the wedding. My God. Somebody say, when I see Jesus, amen. All right. Revelation 18, 21 through 24. And a mighty angel took a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. This is the final end. This is it. She's done. God is not going to change his mind. Um, I was talking with um, one of the saints and uh, they were talking about the, the saints have to pray. The, the, the saints have to pray. So much is happening and so much is going on. Uh, we have to pray as if these things are not going to come. God has no interest in saving this world. Now, I, I say that. I'm, let, let me give some understanding. He's saving souls. He's trying to save us. This world where I started out this um, chapter in chapter 18 uh, said, you know, next to Jerusalem, Babylon is the uh, there's more writing in the Babylon about Babylon than any other city. Jerusalem has the most written about it in, in the Bible. Babylon is the next city. Why so much uh, information? We went to Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, get out of Babylon. We went to Isaiah. Go back and read. Get out of Babylon. Why is there so much information in the Bible about Babylon? Because we're living in Babylon. (laughs) My God, we're coming to that one world order, that deep state, that one world economy, uh, you know, this uh, 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 one world system. It's being formed right now. We're living in Babylon. We can't be so tied to this world that when God comes and snatches out, we're so in love with Babylon that we're not ready to go. Come on, somebody. God has no interest in saving this world. He's going to destroy it. (laughs) Everything that's seen is temporal. Everything that's not seen is eternal. This world is going to burn with a fervent heat. Everything that you see. Come on, somebody. And if he don't snatch you out... It's all going to be burned. Um, A lot was an example. It was a pattern. Uh, The angel said, we're coming to to get you out of here, Lot. And as a matter of fact, the angel said, uh, we can't burn. We can't destroy this city until we get you out of here. God knows how to deliver the righteous. We're waiting for the coming of the Lord. God is going to snatch his church out just before the destruction. That's a pattern. Lot, um, <clears throat> we're, we're, getting, we're, we're bringing you out. You, those angels that uh, forced themselves on the house, banging on the door, talking about we want those men. Well, the angels opened up the door and snatched Lot back in and closed the door. 
We got to get you out of here. And you can't be so tied to this world that you're not ready to go. That's a pattern of things to come. The Bible talk about how Lot was vexed with the way the, the, world was, the world was going, how they were overtaking, going after strange flesh. Come on, somebody. It had vexed his spirit. Well, guess what? If you're living in Babylon and you're so in love with the things of Babylon... And, and what's going on now don't vex your spirit. You better be very careful. You might have fallen in love with Babylon. Now remember, when Israel went into Babylonian captivity and God said you'll be there 70 years, and 70 years to the day, King Cyrus came and overturned Babylon and told the Israelites, y'all could go back home. Most of them stayed because they fell in love with Babylon. Now, remember, Jerusalem had walls. Ah, what, what were the walls for? To keep the heathen practices out. To keep homosexuality out. Pornography out. Gayism. Uh, uh, lesbianism. But when they got over to Babylon and there was no walls and King Cyrus said, you know what, you all can go back. Most of them stayed in Babylon. Remember Lot's wife? We've gone through all of these scriptures. What reason when God comes to snatch you out of Babylon would you have to stay? Lot's wife, what did she do? Something she was tied to in the world. Don't look back when God gets ready to snatch you out. Somebody, there's nothing in this world that's so precious to you, to the saint of God, that when the Lord comes and said, I'm here to get you out tonight, remember? The angel said, uh, we got to get you out tonight, Lot. My God. And Lot's wife looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. This world is not our home. God has no interest in saving this world. He's going to destroy it. That's what we're talking about. This world is going to be destroyed. He didn't reform Sodom and Gomorrah. He burned it up. Oh, we got to pray that no. <laughs> pray that God save us. Pray that God preserve us. Pray that God keep us. Pray that God keep my mind. Pray that God be that lamp unto my feet and that light unto my path. This world is doomed. I'm just as excited as you are about a new administration and better days are coming. And uh, But if you read the Bible and if you believe what the Bible says, it's the beginning of sorrows. My God.
my God. So when I say God don't have no interest in saving this world, well, don't waste your prayers. He's not impressed. We talked about when uh, the, those early settlers had come seeking religious freedom and uh, they said in God we trust and they put it on the, uh, the monetary system and, and all of those things that did not exist. Uh, there was no New York. There was no Motor City. There was no Chi-Town. There was no Florida Keys. There was no Miami Beaches. Uh, there was no Las Vegas. There was no California. Uh, all of the, the Chi-Town and all of these places. God blessed us. And what happened? America has turned its back. God blessed us. And America now has turned its back on God. Doesn't want God in the uh, educational. So we don't want him in schools anymore. So what does that mean? The school system is doomed. We don't want him in the economics. We, you know, we don't, we don't put in God we trust on our uh, bills anymore, our coins. So what then? The economic system is doomed. That's what Babylon is. Anything you try to do outside God is doomed. Healthcare system. I don't care what, what you try to build and what you try to achieve. This is the great Babylon that we're reading about. It started way back in Genesis 11th chapter. He's bringing it to an end right now. He has no interest in reforming this world. He's burning it up. We're living in the final Babylon. So, saints, don't waste your prayers. <laughs> My God. Yes, he's looking to seek and to save that which is lost. Somebody that wants to be saved. But you see the mindset of these people that we're dealing with today? If God peradventure... Don't get them out of that delusion, that strong delusion. They are lost. They are doomed. That's what Babylon is. We got our own gold. We got our own silver. We got our own cloth. We have our own pearls. We don't need God. I'll never be a widow. God will never use me. I'm self-sufficient. I, 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 I prop myself up. Well, here you go. <laughs> You're doomed. God is bringing it to an end. Don't waste your prayers. Uh, pray that God keep you. Keep your mind. Come on, somebody. Keep you on the straight and narrow. Strengthen your hand for the work. Keep you with a determined mind. Come on, somebody. Working you both to will and to do. But this world is doomed. We are living in Babylon. 
Jeremiah, get out of Babylon. Isaiah, get out of Babylon. Lot, we got to get you out tonight. Destruction is coming. Come on, somebody. But his wife was tied. I don't know what it was she was looking back for. But it was the wrong thing to do. The Bible says he's coming as a... When those angels came in, they came in at the night. He's coming as a thief in the night. God is going to snatch us out of this world before his final doom is come. Come on, somebody. All right. I don't know where I left off. I'll start again. Uh, Revelation 18, 21. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a, a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voices of the harpers and the musicians and the pipers, the uh, trumpets, shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman, and whatsoever craft he shall be, shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of the millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants uh, were the great men of the earth, millionaires and billionaires. Uh, for by their sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and all that were slain upon the earth. My God. So God is now holding Babylon responsible for all of the saints, the, the blood of the apostles and prophets and saints, those that were martyred for the cause of Christ. Come on, somebody. Those that were martyred for their testimony. Mm, my God, God is now holding her responsible from the beginning of civilization, uh, civilization way back there in Genesis 11, all the way to this final Babylon that we're this final empire that we're living in right now. God is holding her responsible. My God, and he's bringing it to an end. Amen. So when we lead, read in these scriptures, we see uh, that word millstone is mentioned there twice. Uh, why millstone? Millstone is always tied with doom. It's always tied with the final end, the final destruction. Uh, I'm going to go back here. It says, and a mighty, verse 21, and a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. It's a final, millstone is always a final doom. My God, and we find it 
Uh, millstone is, is um, mentioned about 12 times in the Bible. Uh, if you take out the redundancy, it's about six times uh, that it's uh, mentioned in the Bible. And it always has to do with uh, the doom, the final end, uh, slavery, poverty. Uh, Abimelech uh, was killed uh, because he, uh, and you all can read about uh, King Abimelech, uh, who uh, killed God's prophets. And he was coming to uh, finish the job when he was killed with a millstone. I know somebody was dropped on his head and he was killed. All right. By the way, uh, how was the uh, dragon, uh, the beast killed? The first Roman Empire, his deadly wound was healed. A millstone, <laughs> a head wound. My God. Uh, we find it here, uh, Babylon in Isaiah 41, Babylon is destroyed by a millstone. Uh, the great Leviathan, the great dragon, he was killed with a millstone. We find that in Job 41 and 24. All right, we find it in um, Jeremiah 25, 10 and 12. Uh, Babylon is destroyed, laid desolate. All right, we read it here in Revelation a millstone is cast into the sea. And we also have it in uh, Matthew uh, 18 and six, when he says that he that offends the least of these little ones, the least of my little ones, he's better off having a millstone tied about his neck and what? Cast into the sea. It's the final doom, the final destruction. God is not going to change his mind. It's all over with. It has come to an end. At last, at last, woe, woe. Come on, somebody. Be unto you a Chorazin, Bethesda. Those places that he said, woe, woe, at last, at last, they don't exist anymore. If he says at last, at last, he's not changing his mind. This is the final doom of the church. It is over. And all of the merchants are going to lament. What are we going to do now? What city is great like this city? But we're sitting here watching it come to an end. In my God. And I want you to uh, uh, notice one thing in this last um, passage of scripture that we just read here in um, chapter 18. He said, never again will the voice of the bride and of the bridegroom be found in you. Never again will the harp and the sound of music be found in you. Never again will the light of the lamp shine in you. Uh, these three things God take out of the world before the final doom. I'm on somebody. You all remember uh, John when he saw uh, the lamp that was in the temple? Well, when he came uh, and when he um, was pulled up, caught up into the third heavens, 
he saw that same light, uh, that candle lauber, it was now in heaven. Come on, somebody. Well, what did, did it represent? It represents the church. Come on, somebody. My God, those seraphims. Uh, I believe it was Isaiah that said, with wings they did fly. He saw them in the world, but uh, the next time he saw them, they were in heaven. And so he used um, uh, apocalyptic language or um, uh, a metaphor or the best that he could use to describe. Now they're in heaven with wings, with twain, they did fly. I see the church now in heaven. So there's three things that God said he's going to take out. All right. The lampshade, the musicians, the bride are important things. Amen. He said, no longer will these things be seen in you anymore. Amen. Uh, the lampshade was on the earth. But when John got to heaven, the lampshade was there. All right. Uh, what was the, the lampstand? That was the church. Who is the bride? That's the church. Who is the light? The light of the world. That's the church. Who were the harpists that were singing the redemption song of the Lamb? That's the church. My God, Babylon, before I destroy you, I'm pulling those things out. No longer will they be found in you anymore. God knows how to deliver the righteous. Come on, somebody. My God, and I'm so glad to know out of all of the destruction that we have read, uh, the seals and uh, the trumps, the plagues, the woes, the vows that are poured out and all of the destruction that we have witnessed coming through Revelation, uh, that tribulation period, God is snatching us out before those things come to pass. What we see now is just a foretaste. My God, when God snatches us out and remove his hand, remember now the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Can anybody explain why people do the things that they do? Just reading on the city, uh, the streets of the city of Detroit, individuals had come uh, to visit family and it was just packing up, getting ready to leave. Car comes down the street and shoots them up, kills them. The news think maybe uh, it, it may be a case of mistaken identity. The mystery of iniquity. Why do people do the killing? the death, the destruction, the mayhem that we see happening. And only he that letteth will let. God, his hand is on it. And the only reason why the devil is not given total control is because he hasn't taken us out. The lampstand, uh, the bride, the light, 
the, 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 the musicians, the harpists that sing the redemption song of the Lamb. That's the church. They will no longer be found in you anymore, Babylon. I'm snatching them out before I bring my final judgment upon you. God is not interested in saving this world. He's interested in saving you. My God. Saints, we ought to be shouting glad. We need to prepare ourselves for what God is getting ready to do. And um, this study of Revelation could not be more timely. Everything that we're reading about uh, being set up that's happening, we see this final world empire being put together. My God. And uh, after having some means of, su of success, now remember this final empire is going to fight even against the remnant of Israel. Come on, somebody. But the Bible said, and the ancient of days came. My God. God is even going to have a remnant in the tribulation period. And we know it's the first part of that tribulation period because that second part on the uh, eighth chapter of Revelation when the seventh seal is open and there was a half hour of complete silence, that's almost like uh, you done done it now. God said is enough. That's known as the great day of God's wrath. The opening up of that seventh seal is the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Nobody is going to be saved. In that first three and a half years of that tribulation period, God is going to have a remnant that is going to cry to him. Remember somebody, they're not going to take the mark of the beast. They'll have their heads cut off. Some starve to death. That's all right. That's all right. They're going to cry to God. God is going to save them. And then he's going to hold uh, Babylon responsible for all of the blood that it has shed, all of the fornications, all of the adulteries, going to hold her responsible. My God, who shall be able to stand? Let us get ready. Let us get ready for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And saints, listen, I don't know about you. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I feel sorry for those individuals that will not repent. Uh, I'm sorry for those uh, saints that will not hold to God's unchanging hand. Uh, there is nothing more important to you than your soul. Now, just remember... Uh, those individuals that are committing fornication, committing adultery with this great whore, are going to have to pay the price. If you got to sin to get it, it's not a blessing that comes from God. If you have to commit uh, fornication on adultery to get a blessing, that's not a blessing that comes from God. Hmm. And anytime you in a relationship 
with this uh, final Babylon, you have entered into an abusive relationship. There will be nothing good comes out of it. Oh, yeah, she promises a whole lot of stuff. Come on, somebody. We got our own gold. We got our silver. We got our fine. We, we have all of that. All that stuff you say you got over there in God's church. I got all of that. But what you need to know, it's fake. Mm, my God. Buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire. This is not fool's gold. This is real gold. Come get this water. Jesus is giving it away. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. Uh, if you're under the sound of my voice and you want to be saved, it's not too late. The Lord is soon to come. He said, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit. My God, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. If you're here and you have not been baptized in Jesus name, you haven't been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. God said you don't qualify. You haven't made your calling and election sure. You cannot enter into his house. My God, this world is coming to an end. God is coming back for his people without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Come on, somebody. They have prepared themselves for their maker. Amen. If you want to prepare yourself, we have all things ready. We have water to baptize you in the name of Jesus, a great big God that will fill you with his Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues and qualify you for heaven. My God, you just can't join the church. You have to be born into the church. This is not a place where you just come and sign your name and start paying tithing and offering. No, you have to be born. And when you're born into the church, you become a legitimate heir. Every promise made to Abraham, every promise made in this Bible now belongs unto you. You're a legitimate heir. Come on, somebody. You're a child of God. You've been bought with a price. You've been covered by his blood. If you're here and you haven't had that experience, call me, 734-477-6891. Call me, 477-6889 is the number. Amen. We will have ministers on staff uh, that can counsel with you, talk with you, share with you uh, the scripture in the word.